Hey, welcome back. I'm glad that uh, have you part of the uh, this next course and this next uh, particular lecture. And we're going to spend a few minutes today talking with you about uh, some of the legal considerations associated with cyber investigations. Um, uh, all of what we're, we're uh, focused on in this particular introductory course is really getting the foundations put in place and understanding the, the basics of the foundations of what a computer does and how it works. But in order to be able to bring that into a legal forum, we have to understand the appropriate laws that are associated around with that for how we're going to uh, be able to develop our case, uh, support our client, whether it's as a prosecutor or as a defender, and uh, be able to present the evidence appropriately. Uh, the key things that we're going to talk about today are uh, really just a, a brief overview of uh, the two basic uh, constitutional amendments, uh, uh, which is the, the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. Uh, the Fourth Amendment uh, basically um, provides a protection to uh, a, a, um, a secured or a, a not to be, have your invasion of privacy requiring basically appropriate search uh, to be conducted within um, the uh, the con conduct of an investigation. And the Fifth Amendment is the, the protection against self-incrimination. And both of these are, are important elements in terms of looking at what we do with uh, uh, cyber uh, investigations, cyber forensics, and the, uh, 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 the work that we do in um, study, reveal, and breakdown of what happens within computers or electronic transactions. Uh, there are three acts that are associated with um, uh, uh, or tied into cyber forensics. Uh, and, uh, these are uh, basically the Wiretap Act, um, which uh, has been around for quite some time, but is the, the basic means by which uh, legal entities are able to uh, express interest in a particular person or activity. Um, and uh, basically allows uh, them to establish a means of monitoring ele electronic communications. Uh, the pen registers and trap and trace uh, uh, statute. Uh, this as well is uh, a, a long-standing um, uh, act or statute that has been out that has enables uh, law enforcement to identify an individual to um, uh, identify the possibility of uh, communications and so it, it enables basically a, a um, trace of all uh, outbound calls uh, from, from basically the uh, pens statement in terms of uh, sending things out uh, so those outbound calls and then the inbound calls would be under the trace and trap and and uh, this enables them basically to build sort of a connection between individuals nodes to nodes as you you can think of it from that perspective of uh, from group to group and allows law enforcement to build sort of the scenario and conditions in and around who's involved as part of a longer term investigation the, the uh, third element is the Sound, Wired, and Electronic Communication Act. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Stored, uh, Wired, and Communication Act. And this particular act uh, provides some security uh, or, or uh, uh, conditions in terms of safeguarding uh, personal or what's expected as personal private information. Um, and, and in each one of these cases, that there is uh, uh, these acts and statutes. Uh, there is uh, a, the condition of what's expected as a right to privacy. 
And um, there are some conditions by which those, that privacy can be uh, stepped into, and, and uh, the, that is when there's a reasonable suspicion at, the, at a particular moment by observation because uh, uh, something is revealed in public, and that opens up a condition to allow a question, and then if the, the, per, the potential suspect uh, uh, provides provision or has given latitude uh, by release of their information uh, uh, by sending it over to, uh, 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 by email or electronic communications or by disk, uh, basically has uh, qualified some form of release that has gone from that particular individual to, to others and, and then based off of their agreement and release conditionally that could be brought forward as, as potential evidence. There's a number of cases of, uh, that uh, in legal conditions that come into place uh, with respect to each of these as um, there, there are some nuances. Uh, for the most part, uh, the, uh, the uh, wire and tap and the uh, uh, pins and trace, you can sense that it was originally built in and around the idea of telephones and telephone communications. Uh, our, our electronic communications have changed significantly since then. Today, we're, we're faced with uh, electronic transactions uh, basically working between uh, your computer and the internet, you're, in some cases electronic transactions occurring between gaming platforms and modules. You're talking electronic transactions occurring between your phone and, and uh, personal digital assistants and, and uh, various other networks and nodes. And every one of these become conditions by which now, based off the Patriot Act in the United States, has uh, an ability to be tapped into as well. And, and so the condition uh, legally of where does your personal information reside uh, is, is always a condition of, um, of, of question and, and a legal basis in terms of how the laws have, have been growing from this uh, continue to change. Uh, as an example, um, there is one case of which um, a um, uh, individual was uh, a suspect was picked up and and uh, the computer was registered as a warranted item uh, to be searched and uh, secured and basically they picked up the item and and in the process of searching and securing um, uh, and, and reviewing uh, the the quantity of evidence within that computer several other incriminating things came out uh, such as uh, child pornography and uh, and other conditions that basically set um, <coughs> Uh, additional charges against that individual and they were all allowed to be admissible in court simply because um, uh, the original warrant granted against that particular computer was built around the idea that it was a single stored item and therefore everything inside of it was uh, was open to uh, review interpretation examination uh, on, on the counter to that another case comes up where very similarly uh, a suspect is apprehended based off drugs and the search and, uh, and seizure of the particular property was focused on looking for drug, drug transactions, uh, any references to drugs, and so therefore the, the examiner was limited to his ability to find uh, information within the confines of the system in and around uh, uh, drug, drug uh, uh, negotiations, drug transactions and um, however again found an, uh, uh, several different files containing child pornography which that court did not allow any pr prosecution 
being oriented towards uh, child pornography as uh, the examiner had no right of pursuing any information at the, uh, at the conduct of the original investigation to be able to draw those things out and had never put forward another warrant based off of potentially identified uh, uh, suspect files. And, and therefore, that second half of uh, any further pursuit of a, a conviction against the uh, defendant oriented towards child pornography and illicit actions and that, that degree were thrown out. Um, so th there's a number of things that come into play with this, but the, the uh, bottom line is that, you know, um, there are these, these uh, legal activities. We have the Fourth Amendment, which is basically uh, providing a guarantee to our right of privacy. Fifth Amendment, uh, basically not, not allowing ourselves to be, uh, you know, or protecting ourselves against self-incrimination. Um, and then uh, these three principal acts, uh, wiretap act, pen registration, trap and de traces device uh, statute, and the stored wired and electronic communications acts uh, that are enabling uh, most of the current approaches to how computer and cyber forensics investigations are conducted. Thank you, and I look forward to our next session.